Blog Talk Radio. Let me make my screen a little bigger. 
And um, so, first of all, I'd like to start the show off by thanking everybody who contacted me yesterday and alerted me to um, some craziness that was happening. And uh, apparently, again, I, I, I didn't decide to feed the dark wolf, but I haven't heard any of it, nor will I. But apparently, my life was threatened at the end of this thing. Imagine that. So I want to thank everybody who happened to be there, decided that it was important enough to reach out to me, let me know about it, and have my back. That is an indicator um, that you're working with a good team. I also know that there was some folks that I count on to have my back that uh, weren't there, didn't bother to tell me about it. Kind of curious about that, but it's what it is. Sometimes people don't notice or find things important. Um, but nonetheless, um, this is not the first time I've had my life threatened as an advocate. And I think to myself, as I've said many times, sorry, we're having a little technical difficulties on one end, but not the other end. Um, hang on a second. This is going to be a great show once we get it rolling. It says preparing, but it looks like I'm moving, so I don't know. We may or may not be having a live feed here, but, you know, that's why we do audio recording and live feed and everything, and we basically uh, have ourselves backed up, double-checked, and all of that good stuff. So uh, I want to address a bunch of things, and then I want to get on to the substance of the show. And one of the things I want to address is how many of you that are listening right now um, have a propensity to watch, I don't know, say the Jerry Springer show or one of these reality shows where everybody's just psycho and, and going after each other? All right. And how, honestly speaking, I bet you there's some. I bet you there's more than would admit to it maybe publicly. But that's the next piece of this question. How many of you, if there was somebody that you wanted to impress, somebody you respected, somebody that you thought was worthy of acclaim, whatever, I don't know, somebody that you respected, I guess, would turn that kind of filth on in their presence and get into it the way you might when nobody was watching as a guilty pleasure? Probably fewer of you. So just be mindful of that, you know, when we're when we're when we're talking, when we're listening, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, who we talk to, what we talk about, all of those things are important. And just remember uh the value that you put to them. Some things we consider entertaining, but we certainly wouldn't give them credence. Other things we rely upon for our well being, our safety, and so much more. So these are all things that I just want to I want to throw out as we're as we're getting forward on here. There was a movie that came out I don't know a bunch of years ago, 
I think Al Pacino was in it, played the devil. And it was called The Devil's Advocate. It was I found it to be an interesting movie, but you know, entertaining. It's a movie, right? The the head of a lawyer lawyer of a law firm ends up being the devil. Go figure. And uh, he had this uh, conclave of uh, pretty girls that that assisted him in his needs, but it turned out they were demons. But they looked like people. They looked like you and me. They looked like regular people. They were charismatic, pretty, whatever you want to call them. But if you pissed them off, or if they happen to want to show you their real selves, they were, you know, lizard-like demons. I think it's important to realize that, you know, we live in this world where people are all kinds, there's every kind of person you could imagine. We want to believe that people are good, I want to believe people are good. Some of them are. Not all of them. Not everybody's good. Not everybody has your back. Not everybody wants good for you. Oh, now we're looping. God dang it. What's going on here? We got echo. All right. I don't know what's happening here, folks. Don't want to mute my own audio. All right. I think we're okay now. Uh, Nope. (laughs) All right, gotta love technology. I kind of do, but mostly it's uh, frustrating. Anyhow, the point of that is um, things aren't always what they appear to be, and um, I'm gonna bring up a bunch of points in this show. And then these are observations that I've made over the last 20 years of of uh, being out there, putting myself out there in a place that's vulnerable. You know, when you get, when you choose to be an advocate or or an activist, you put yourself into uh, a public place. Uh, It's nice for most people that can live their private lives and, and, you know, screen everything and not, not be vulnerable. Or some people just have no filters and they just do whatever. The, the, the Karens and Kens of the world, I guess, is the latest thing. Um, but some of us are actually out there trying to make a difference and trying to change the world. And sometimes we do it because we're fighting for our own lives and our own freedom. Sometimes it's a loved one. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it's bigger than that. And I believe that throughout history, the people that have decided to do something bigger than themselves, and you can name anybody you want as somebody who put themselves out there for a purpose that was bigger than themselves, became targets. And you can take a list. Am I comparing myself to those people? Hell no. I'm comparing the situation of being vulnerable by being public and being honest and open and the the, the possible target that that puts you in. You know, I think it was, well, no, it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said, uh, made mention of that he wanted to be judged by the content of his character rather than the color of his skin. And that phrase, the content of your character, I think is really important. And the content of your character is not 
the few words you said today or yesterday. The content of your character is not the promises you make as a campaign uh, speech. Uh, the content of your character is not your, your good thoughts and your hopes and dreams. The content of your character is your life's work. The content of your character is, is the sum total of your actions, who you are, what you're really about. And I, and I would love that more of us could consider that we judge ourselves and each other by the content of our character. And there are points that we might look for in the content of our character, and I'll get to those as I try to bring out some of the truths uh, of, of this situation that we're in. Now, if anybody's ever been arrested, and I know many of us have, many of us have been arrested for things that they shouldn't have been, injustices in my book, all hinging on prohibition, which is really ultimately the, the core of the problem here. If you find yourself to be arrested, you'll be read your Miranda, which ultimately says anything that you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Now, those are big words. They're powerful words. Those are words that every single one of us should live by every single day. You know why? Because it's not just law enforcement that will take these things, but sometimes people that one day might be your friend, tomorrow might not be your friend. What does that mean? So if you've ever been to court, I've been to court a lot of times. I've probably been to 100 different courtrooms and uh, all over the country, all different ways, all different reasons. And there are things that we find in common in all these different courtrooms. One of the things that we find in common are that the truth doesn't actually get a chance to be presented as a rule. Now, you raise your right hand and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. But guess what? Everybody doesn't. There's actually a phrase that they use for cops when they get up on the stand. They call it testifying. And why do you think that is? Do you think it's a stereotype that's an epithet that was brought about by racist motherfuckers? No. It is an epithet that was brought about by people who sat on the stand thinking that when a cop testified they had to tell the truth. And then you come to find out that they don't always. Sure, they do sometimes. But what if they tell a part of the truth and they leave another part out? Is that the truth? What if they highlight a word or a phrase out of a sentence or a, a, a statement? Do you know how many times recording devices have failed for law enforcement when it might benefit a witness, because I do, plenty of times. Do you know how many times recording devices work great just to capture a small phrase that would seem incriminating? I do. I've seen it happen plenty of times. So all I can say is be mindful of what you say all the time, everywhere. Even when you believe you're amongst friends, when you believe you're with trusted people, be mindful of the words you choose. Because 
you can be squeaky clean. You can do everything right. You can you can have a good heart and a good mind and 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 you know be altruistic, benevolent, all the good things that people would want. Generous, honest, all of those things you could be, and somebody could still take what you say out of context and paint you to be less than that. And again, look throughout history. All those who have had their words taken out of context, and think about those that did did those actions. I'm just asking you to consider things that have happened throughout history. The next thing I want to talk about <laughs> that has to do with court is the reason that most people find themselves in a criminal case. Now, there's a number of reasons, especially in pot cases, which I'm pretty much talking about. There's a number of reasons why somebody might have a case, okay? Um, one of the reasons would be that they committed an act that there was called in and they got arrested as a result of something that got reported or whatnot. But I'm talking about a pot case. So generally speaking, there might be a flyover. I've seen those kind of cases where a helicopter or an airplane was flying over somebody's property and spotted a grow, and they launched a warrant out of that. That's one way. Um, sometimes there's just a, a cop might stumble upon something, routine traffic stop, a search. They come to find uh, some, some evidence that leads them to find something more. That happens. Most of the time, in my experience, which is more than most people's, most of the time, the reason that people have cases, somebody rats. And most of the time when somebody rats, it's somebody that was close to them at one time. Now, prohibition is the reason for all of this, because if we were not in a situation where we were in prohibition, there wouldn't be any reason to rat. That would be like saying, oh, he has a glass of water. Yeah, that's cool. He can have a glass of water. So because we have prohibition, because we have restrictive laws that make Cannabis still illegal, even where it's legal. We have a tool that one person can hold another person hostage by. And when somebody is willing to risk their, their, their livelihood and their freedom by providing cannabis to people, they put themselves at risk not only to law enforcement, but to the to the whim of the people that they know and that they share that information with. So I want you to be mindful. And I, it goes contrary to good nature, right? I mean, we're supposed to be kind and, and generous and good and, and loving and all of those things. And you think that because cannabis is such a good thing that we should be able to just talk to anybody and, and share what we do with anybody. But I'll tell you this. Those people that you share this information with, 
when one day they get upset or decide they don't like what you're doing or they're not happy with your decisions, magically, all of a sudden, they can take that and use it against you, just like the cops would. And I have seen, we have a case right now, I believe, in Kansas, where the ex-husband was the one that, that incited the, the call. Happens all the time. I have sat in trials where ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, um, ex-partners, in my case, it was an ex-employee. A guy that I fired because he was a drunk and a drug addict and a liar ends up being a rat in my case. And that rat got up on the stand with states, uh, or what do you call it, with, with immunity, and he testified for two days. And in that, test, in that testimony, for two days, there was maybe 1% or 2% of truth in it, wrapped up in just a bunch of crap. But you know what? He got to present that. Now, the converse of that is I had exculpatory evidence. For those of you who do not know the meaning of that word, exculpatory evidence is that evidence that could help your case. And I had exculpatory evidence that was seized in the raid, in my case, that would have proven him as a liar. But guess what? They couldn't find it. We asked for it. They couldn't find it. I didn't get to use it. Ultimately, I got convicted. But because of the advocacy of the Human Solution International and the good work that we did and that we do, ultimately, because I stood my ground and kept fighting, and the good people stood by me, and continued to watch and continued to, to participate in a good and, 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 and effective way, they ultimately backed off and dropped their case. And that's the way it worked. And that's the way it can work for you, and that's the way it can work for anybody who's willing to get out there and stand your ground. So be mindful. Be mindful of who you talk to. One of the people that was involved in this fiasco yesterday had threatened at one point me and everybody that I've worked with over the past. And that's one of the reasons that uh, they got asked to move along. Now, the Human Solution International, if anybody has been aware, it's been around for 10 years. And it's not been the, the smoothest ride, as anybody who knows uh, anything about nonprofits, there's really two kinds of nonprofits. One kind is generally very small and has one or a few people in it, and they agree to work together on some common goal, and, and they, they hold together some kind of a, uh, of a structure. And most nonprofits, uh, especially 501c3s, are are very small in their in their structure. And anyone that grows to any length has issues because they're just human nature issues. 
And the other kind of nonprofit are those big ones, you know, the DPA and the and the MPP and the normal and all of these guys that are big funded organizations and you know, they they have money to pay people to further their mission as it is. And they have plenty of issues too, but when you have enough resources you can you can hold a presence. And nobody'll see the difference. Well the human solution is, is sort of a crossover between those two. The human solution started ten years ago, more than ten years ago now. And when we were originally incorporated, there isn't a single member in that original incorporating body besides myself that's still here. Why? Well, it's a lot of work. We're all volunteers, and most people don't have the stomach for it. Some people have had issues, ego issues, personal problems. Some people are sick, and there's all kinds of reasons why. Like I've always said, there's a 100,000 reasons not to do something and one or two good reasons to do it. So 10 years ago, we founded this thing, and we began championing cases, local cases in Southern California. And we started to grow, and we grew. Our first chapter came up out of Arizona. And um, then we started, I think it was the second chapter in Arizona. But not too long after it, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. And that chapter started having ego problems, and people, one person was raising money, and the other person was mad, people were pointing fingers, and we decided, you know, it was just better to uh, start all over, so we dissolved that chapter. Very first chapter besides the original headquarters chapter got dissolved because of a lack of harmony, and it's better to, to be solid than, than to have issues. Well, it was at that time that we decided to institute a code of conduct. Because we come to realize that just because people come together and they say, hey, I'm here because I want to make a difference, that they're not going to do stupid crap, that they're not going to have a temper tantrum, that they're not going to uh, cause people to, um, uh, you know, start spouting out and, 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 and ultimately cause harm to people. And these are things that we learn along the way. They don't have a road book that says, hey, if you want to start a nonprofit uh, benevolent civil rights organization, here's how to do it. Um, they have other groups that you could participate in, and so be it. But none of them that I've seen are do what we do, the way we do it. And I thought that it was important enough that we were able to do it that we just stayed the course. So we ended up growing and uh, started seeding chapters, and all of a sudden we popped up from one to, I don't know, 20-some chapters in a short period of time. And then we grew even more. We ended up uh, getting our 501c3, and we continued to grow. Cases all across the country, even in other countries. We spouted a chapter in, Can in Canada. And uh, real exciting stuff. But the problem is, as you grow, you get more people. As you get more people, you get more personalities. As you get more personalities, you have more egos. And with more egos, you have more problems. So sometime in, I don't know, I think it was 2014, 2015, up north, we had a chapter up in Shasta, and we had all kinds of cases up there. But 
some of these folks just went crazy and violated our code of conduct and just turned into drama, so we dissolved it. And it was sad because we had a lot of good people in there, but you just uh, you just can't you just can't volunteer a group that's trying to do good work when you have crazy people being destructive. A heads up to everybody uh, who is calling in right now. We got a lot of people on the line. Um, I welcome you all to be here. I welcome you. If you want to talk, we'll always make room for you. If you're lit watching and you want to call in, you pick up the phone, dial 646-929-2495. But if you call in and you don't talk to my screener, you will get hung up on. So please talk to my screener. Tell her who you are. Uh, if you don't have something to say, your call will go off, and you can call back again and try again. But I do encourage everybody to be here. We're all about transparency, and we're all about doing things where everybody can see. So no hiding people. Well, some people say you are. Some people say I am. So you hide things. Well, <laughs> you know. Recently there was a, somebody, two people, saying you hide things, and you're not who you say you are. So, okay, well, I I know you I, I, you I welcome anybody who has an issue with me um, to come and talk. You know, yeah. I, I think that one of the things that people don't realize. I don't see it on. I, 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 I don't know. I can't, I can't be in two places at once. I love you, but I cannot be I in two places. I know, but I don't see it. I'm trying to see it. I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I think we might be having issues with our speed. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Oh, so. yeah. You're a bad guy, Bobby. <laughs> I heard you're a really bad guy. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, it's important for people to realize oh, that the things that happen in life, in the real world, they don't happen on Facebook. The things that happen in life in the real world don't happen uh, on TV. You know, when we go through election cycles and we have campaigns, what we have are people that sling mud at each other and accuse each other of everything. But when it gets down to it, the real deals, they don't happen on TV. All the saber rattling and the yelling and the screaming and the craziness happens on TV. The real work happens behind the scenes. And if anybody wants to actually get involved in some real work, I welcome you to get involved with the Human Solution because we're out there working behind the scenes virtually every day. Every day there's something that we're working on, we're strategizing, we're planning, we're going to get in and we're going to talk about these things as the show continues. So I just want to point these things out as we're going along, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. We all stand in a place, and this place that we stand in is surrounded by groups and people, generally. I guess there's a few loners out there that don't stand with anybody. And there are places where people that don't get along, people that don't like each other, find ways to work together. That's called a professional environment. So in the military, I'm sure lots of soldiers don't like each other, but they have each other's back. In a good company... There's lots of people that work together, maybe not like each other, but they have each other's back for the common goal. And in activism, 
And it's hard to paint that picture because activism is such a big word. There's all kinds of different movements, all kinds of different fracture or, or, or factions. and But there are actually places that you can stand and be functional and work with people that you don't like. And I would ask you, if you're going to be involved in activism, if you're going to be involved in the effort to end cannabis prohibition especially, that you might consider a few things. One is to be mindful that not everybody who smiles at you is your friend. Not everybody who puts their arm around you is is got your best interest in mind. There are agent provocateurs. There are people who do this because it makes them feel important. There's people that do it just for the notoriety. There's people who do it to become famous. There's people who do it for all kinds of reasons. And there's people who do it because they believe in it, but they are just whacked. All of those things happen. So I want to know where you stand. I don't even really want to know. I just want you to know where you stand. I want you to be mindful that you can't necessarily stand in two places at once. You can't stand in a world where people are being attack dogs and critical and destructive and dramatic. At the same time, you're standing in a place where you're trying to be helpful and help people. You can't do the two at the same time. It's not possible. It's like I've got a bottle of boiling water and a bottle of boiling oil, and I can't put those two together or they'll explode. It's just the way it is. You can't have matter and antimatter and put them together. can't do it. But you got to remember that there are times where you actually have to decide where you stand. And I would encourage you to be mindful of those things because I'm asking right now, or I'm looking right now, at, at where people stand because it's important. Now, historically, the Human Solution International for the last 10 years, and that's documented, well-documented events we've done, speeches we've done, videos we've done, articles we've written, efforts we've made, for the last 10 years, we have been reaching out to individuals and groups, and I personally made, I don't know, dozens of speeches specifically saying, can we put our shit aside and work together? I've said, I don't know, maybe these exact words. What if for six months we could just decide to put aside our differences and work together? We could, if we were to do that. Accomplish. We are alive. <laughs> we are live, he says. Well, the good news is, is we can take and replay this whole thing and whatever, if somebody actually wants to see it. Um, from its entirety, they can do it. <laughs> All right, so that being said, I wanted to read a document, and I think this is an important document that we should all consider, because I think, I think, on July 1st, 2020, that it's a relevant document. So I'm going to just read this and see if maybe it strikes a chord. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them to a decent respect, to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the cause, the causes which impel them to the separation. 
We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these, among these, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whatever form that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter it or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem the most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Now, I don't know if any of you have heard that before, but it's... uh, pretty relevant piece of literature. This is, these are words that were written 250 years ago. And they're so relevant today because if you listen to those words and you look at what they say, those very same things that they're pointing to as a reason for making significant change to our government system are the very things that we're dealing with. And cannabis prohibition is among them. It's certainly not limited to them, but it is, they are, uh, it is among them. And when they're talking about these rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they certainly were not limited to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think sometimes we forget that. Even though life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness pretty much covers everything, it doesn't limit it to that. And so I want to propose this. As you're looking at on this thing where it says walk for change, liberty and justice for all, liberty and justice for all, what do you say? What do you say? What if we were to change the government We don't need a bloody revolution. I don't think. I hope we don't. I certainly don't want it to come to that. I really think that if we were to come together and put aside our bullshit and focus our energy on those things that do work, that can work, I think we could cause those changes to happen. What if we were to talk about those things that we wanted to see in the world? instead of griping, bitching, moaning, lying, and ratting, and whatever else we're doing, Jerry Springering, what if we were to focus on those things that we want to see? Well, guess what? There are people that do, and I know them, and I would love to have you participate, and I'm going to give you a way that you can do it. Just about every single day we meet in private, not on Facebook, and we talk about what's the next step, what are we going to do, One of the things that we're going to do, that we're doing, that we're asking you to participate in, is writing a letter, a sentencing uh, uh, character reference letter. One of the many things that the Human Solution International does, and it's historically done. And one of the times that it did, it was done for me. And the way it was done was so successful that we ultimately overturned a jury verdict. I was found guilty by a jury, but because of all the people that participated we were able to file a, no, a motion for a new trial. And because of all the declarations that were included with the character reference letters, content of your character, get it? 
Oh, sometimes it matters. It actually should matter all the time. Many years later, I became exonerated. And I've watched so many times, every time that we put together a campaign where people get involved, get engaged, and put their effort in, a letter-writing campaign, it can work. So the Human Solution International has a website, thsintl.org. On that website, there is a call to action, a cause for Glenn Keeling and Peggy Kimmel to write a letter. And we have one. I have a second letter that I'm about to submit, but I haven't had a chance to finalize it yet, that we're putting up as templates so that you know what to write. Yeah, you could put an email out. You could make a call. But you know what? A letter, a handwritten letter with a wet signature carries the weight of a thousand thoughts. Do you know that? Because you know why? Because for every thousand people that think these things that a letter might say, one person will write it. So why not go that extra effort? Okay? You might not even know Glenn. So we're going to bring him up so he can introduce himself and tell you what this case is about in a very brief way. And again, I'm going to point you to the website, thsintl.org. And from that website, you can get involved any way you want, and you can become part of an organization that has the integrity to keep out people that are causing drama. We have a no-drama policy, and frankly, people come and go as a result. Not everybody can hack it. But you know what? I can stand by our organization 100% and know that if somebody is a member or a leader in good standing, I know where they stand. So Glenn Keeling, folks, he's going to tell us a little bit about his case and uh, what's at stake here. Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing very good, Joe. Thank you again for having me on, as always. Um, Real brief, um, Peggy and I have have fought a... uh, cannabis case now for two years eight months um and of course we're both medical patients in a medical state that should not have to be going through this um going through this peggy's health has has failed has been going down it's not been getting better and of course we're not able to get everything that we're needing to get so we were looking at a total i had 16 charges and and peggy had uh 15 charges 13 felonies and two misdemeanors i had 14 felonies and two misdemeanors um we pled that down in order to abolish this for peggy um to get this over with um and to save our house you know so we're not homeless at least and it come down to a plea deal of uh, accepting uh, three felonies each. Um, of course, they come with prison time and loss of license because of being a, a drug crime. Uh, we're not going to lose the house, and um, Peggy, they're going to push for Peggy to have probation, and, and I'm hoping to, to be able to get probation. And, and with everybody's letter and help, we'll be able to do that. Um, you know, like you said earlier in the show, you know, it, it comes down to people, good people being ratted out. You know, um, it was it happened to have been one of our members that uh, was a member for a while of our organization that we've been running, and um, yeah, he had got his medical card, and I thought I'd help him. You know, um, in the long run, that got us what we went through now for the last two two years, eight months, and uh, so you know, hold 
hold on, hold on. Take a step back, because I don't think people understand that. So somebody who is in your community, somebody who you helped, somebody who you were working with and trusted and gave medicine to decided to rat you out. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just uh, they got pulled over and way too much. Right. Yeah. They got he pulled over. He got pulled over and and they said oh, I I smell marijuana, and he yeah I said well I got this and I got it from my buddy Glenn and and that's what started it all. Um. Yeah. And, and I'm in Ohio, which you, you know in 2016 we become legal for medicine to be used for cannabis being used as medicine. Peggy and I. Late in 2016, after it had become law, you know, we seek to be medical patients, you know, and pharmaceuticals just was, it just wasn't where it was at for us. It was, we had no kind of life. And at least with cannabis, we were able to, you know, live, we were able to do things. We were able to have some kind of life and it, and it come down to, you know, really compassion. You know, we helped a shit ton of people, um, you know, whether we, you know, raised money for them, we had a, an event for them, we had a fundraiser for them, we had a concert for them, whatever it is. And it all come down to, you know, me, you know, helping with, you know, giving sacramental medicine to, to another member. Um, and now I'm I'm looking at a total of nine years in prison. Well, I, I think that um, it's important that people are mindful, and as much as good people um, tend to be trusting, um, it, it, it's, it's something to just realize that even though you're good and you're kind and you trust people, that when people get put under pressure, and I've watched it happen a thousand times, when somebody gets pressure put on them, more often than not, and it's just the way it is, folks, more often than not, when somebody gets busted and they get pressured to tell them what happened, they will cave. And they know uh, yeah. that if they tell those cops what happened, they're going to get out. And I've watched it. I've watched these people testify against people that used to be their friends. There's people in federal prison, people that just got out of federal prison, that I've literally sat in the trials and watched what used to be their partner and their best friend Get on that stand and rat so that they don't have to go to prison. So just find Right. It, it's sad that it comes down to, the, you know, that the human compassion gets treated this way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not beyond helping people. You know, we're still advocating for anybody and everybody we can. I mean, I'm going to continue to push for everybody I can all the way up until I can't. And, you know, trust and believe if I have to go to prison, if I have to serve any time, I do have the Cup of Joe number. I have Can of Corners number. You know, uh, I can call and talk. You listen, there's people in prison, man, that, that's hurting and suffering, that, that's going through. I mean, we just went through listening to several years of, of the abuse that Craig had to put up with, you know. Um, there wasn't a loud voice inside for people like that. And, you know, if I have to go to prison, man, I'm, I'm – I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a quiet person. I'm going to try to be as loud as I possibly can and help as many people as I can because I mean, it's just, in the, the day, it's just what you got to do. You got to keep rise above, you know, the negativity, and you've got to continue to be who you are. And and that's what Peggy and I are going to do. We're going to continue to be who we are, and 
we're going to try to help as many people as we can still, you know, going through what we have to go through and, and, and going forward, you know, that's just, you have to, and you know, there is an amazing, you know, Beckham Nichols wrote an amazing letter that's there. It's a template. People can go and, and read that, um, read that letter that's on our website. And again, that's T H S I N T L dot org. And then check out that letter. I mean, that uh, it, it's very heartfelt and it's, there's nothing there that's not true. She she's an absolute wonderful person. Well, and 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 that is the thing. There all the details about what to do. You know, if I could just get some of the people that have energy to put into anything other than being helpful to just tap into a little bit of that whatever else you want to do. It takes about 10 minutes to write a letter. Literally like to get the piece of paper, to get a pen, to look at that template, and to actually physically write it. And it's going to cost you, what does a stamp now cost? 25 cents, 30 cents? I, I think it's actually 59 cents. Envelope? It. And, you know, I will post my address. That way people can send them directly to us. Um, you, know, we're, you know, people know where we live anyway, so it's not a big deal. Send them letters directly to us, you know, you know, like Joe said, a handwritten with your ink on it, you know, pass them to our attorneys and then letting them do the, the recording, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So please, you know, we'll post our address so you guys can send them to us. Um, we, we'd like to go in there with a couple hundred letters a piece would be an amazing deal. Think, you know, we, we think that would be great. Well, I think what I'm going to end up doing is calling a human solution meeting and um, we'll end up we'll end up getting the headquarters chapter together, um, COVID or not. And um, we've historically done letter writing uh, campaigns at human solution meetings. Now I don't know if you're a chapter, maybe it's an idea. Let's let's take our chapters and get our people together. Maybe it's a good opportunity to. Gather some membership. Maybe it's an opportunity to bring people together, even if it's virtually. You guys could get on a Zoom room if you needed to, and everybody can get their paper out, and we can write a letter together and mail them off. So, Glenn, what I'd like you to do, if you can, hopefully you'll be receiving some letters pretty quick. When you receive them, take a picture of them and share it so people can see what's actually happening. Um you know, I mean, emails, I guess, are something, but I certainly, there's something powerful about putting your pen to paper. It's a, it's a way to manifest your thoughts. And so put your thoughts on that paper and put that thing, give it form. So, Glenn, I appreciate everything you're doing, and uh, you are, at the same time, you're fighting for your own freedom. You're running the Creative Care Beacon chapter of the Human Solutions. So how does somebody get a hold of you if they've got a problem? Absolutely, yeah. That, more than welcome to call me. My phone number is four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight, or you just hit us up right there on Facebook. It's real easy. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And you know, uh, we have your back here. And uh, you know, where do you stand, folks? Where do you stand? Do you stand in a place where you got you got your buddy's back, or you stand in a place where it's anything else? Um, these things matter, and they matter today. So thsintl.org, we got a campaign, a call to action. Let's get a letter out for Glenn and Peggy. Thank you so much, Glenn. I will talk to you tomorrow, hopefully.
Yes, sir. As thank we're you. Working on a project. Imagine that. <laughs> right on. Yeah, absolutely. Talk with you tomorrow. Oops, sorry. Gosh dang it. There's a little time delay there. I I I got hit. All right, we got we got uh, Kathy uh, from Kansas going to give us an update on her case. We were talking last week. And, uh, Kathy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Is it Kathy or Cassie? It's uh, Cassie. Got it. Okay. I, I yeah. You know, in, in with phones and cells, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one to, uh, to get. So tell us what's been going yeah. on. I know you guys uh, have a, a hearing coming up real quick. Yes. Well, actually, it was this morning, and um, oh. I did take the plea. I, you know, pled not guilty to all 13 charges. And um, they, you know, wanted to set for trial, but with the COVID-19 and then also, I guess, our jail slash courthouse is being, you know, remodeled or new, newly built. <laughs> so they are moving everything to the community center, which they have no idea how they're going to hold any trials. So they bumped me up to August 19th for just a status conference. Well, here, here's a little tip, and, and we, um, we have – Regular uh, regular meetings we have with the Human Solution and and the leadership team and and a, an item that got proposed today or or a a comment that got made was how in the hell are they going to hold a jury trial with COVID going on? So yeah. frankly, you're in a position of strength. Not only is your case ridiculous, but really, if you were to say, you know what, I don't waive my speedy trial anymore. I, I want to let's move this thing on. They don't really have a way to fulfill that. And, yeah. you know, your case, it, it might be worth, I mean, I congratulate you and applaud you for standing your ground. And, you know, you have the strongest case I've seen. Like, some of these cases that come into our, our, our field of vision are so ridiculous. Less than a, less than a gram of, of, I mean, I don't care if it's 1,000 grams, 10,000, 100,000 grams myself, but for the ridiculous and audacity of the state to pursue a case of less than a gram, it's ridiculous. So for you to stand your ground, I, I applaud you. And, um, you know, again, you know, we've got your back. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just the only hard thing is just the no contact orders, you know, cause my 17 year old son's a co-defendant and, you know, he's going to be 18 on August 12th. He's going into a senior year and they just keep continuing it and continuing it. And I know it can go on for years, but you know, I'm going to miss out on a senior year, his 18th birthday just for, for nothing. Well, and you know what? That is their weapon. That is the thing that they hold. They hold us hostage. <clears throat> and I tell people all the time, the government couldn't hold me hostage. You're not going to hold me hostage. But you know what? That's the leverage that they use. And they know. Yeah. You, think they're, you think they don't know what they're doing? Oh, you know they know what they're doing. And they know that by dragging it out, they're keeping you from something you want. They're keeping you from something you need. They're keeping you from from your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And they know that the odds are you're going to crack, and they're just going to work. So when you stand tall, it's one of the reasons that I say it's so important because I get it. I did it. I know. I've been there, and it is it is a sacrifice. But meanwhile, if we don't make it, if we don't if we don't risk it, how do we have a chance? You know, how do we say it's worth fighting for if we don't fight? So I applaud you. I respect you. I thank you, and I support you. Yeah, and I'm just gonna you know 
stand my ground, you know, and a part of me also believes that, you know, like I said, my 14-year-old daughter deserves someone to stand up, you know, and not take it either, because, you know, she was the one that was home with, you know, they pointed the guns to her, you know, she's 14 years old, and, you know, she didn't deserve that. So, no. Well, I, I think you're a good mom for doing what you're doing, and, uh, you know, again, we're that's what the human solution is all about, and that's what we're, uh, we're here to make these changes, so... Thank you for uh, for standing tall and just, you know, stay with us. You know, maybe uh, spend a little more time, um, you know, talking to Mike and Sarah and maybe get a little more involved in your local chapter. I mean, these are all things that you can find that sometimes, uh, you know, can make a difference. Yeah, yes, they've been very helpful, very helpful. <laughs> well, all right, well, thank you so much, and, and just stay with us. You can check in with the show anytime you like. You're always welcome. I will. Thank you. Awesome. Take care. All right. So um, we got a lot to talk about, and we're we're gonna just run overtime. So Bobby, too bad. That's what you get for 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 being on slow internet this, earlier in the show. We got a lot to talk about. So the walk for change. Um, we all know that everything is my fault, just to be clear. We don't want to hide that. Indeed. I mean, we're being transparent. In the it's all Bobby's fault. Let's just put it out there and get it over with. Full disclosure. And, you know, that's another funny thing that's really so effed up is that when friends get together, we kid each other. We joke around. We say stuff. But you know what? When one friend goes nuts, they'll take those things and they'll use them against you. Oh, boy. Anyways. Let's get to the things, the meat and, and, and the potatoes of this. The Walk for Change, the Human Solution International, is about ending cannabis prohibition, is about preserving and restoring and, and protecting and, and fighting for human rights, those very rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that were bestowed upon us by our Creator, as pointed out by our founding fathers. And we believe that. And we believe it's worth it. And there are all kinds of things that are happening that are so important that need effort. They need they need action. And one of these efforts we talked about last week uh, is this prison reentry program that the Human Solution and Free Indeed Reentry Program is working together on. And one of the elements of that reentry program is we're putting together a uh, restoring the right to vote effort. And the other thing is, and this is, I think, one of the greatest things I've ever heard of, um, as a nonprofit, as a 501c3, one of the things that is almost a duty but certainly expected and hoped for is that nonprofits would work together towards common goals. And we've connected um, with a couple of different ones, and, and we're, we're now at least in some way connected to this um, food distribution effort. And Bobby, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It is one of the most exciting things I've heard of in a while, and it's all part of these efforts we're doing. Yeah, you know, it, it is exciting, and, and I'm going to comment on something else, but let's focus on that for the moment. It's, you know, great great to see everybody, uh, and uh, great to talk to you. So what's happening is the food supply chain, because of COVID, now, first of all, the food supply chain has always been a disaster anyway in the last 25 years relative to uh, local local stores, food, food at the table, things like that, and, and empowering communities. So with COVID, one of the things that, that uh, I've been doing in the relief effort, along with a number of other organizations, is we 
we've been trying to upgrade the value of the food, the nutritional value particularly, and also the the ethnic the ethnicity targeted meals in relief efforts. Now, most of the people that know me, and, and most people that have been on, you know, people who know this show know that I worked in disaster relief for many many years, and and we've always wanted to feed communities better. You know, so if, 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 you know, Hurricane Katrina, if, you know, we're there feeding people, we want to feed them food that makes them comfort, make, makes them feel better, uh, like the Cajun food, because that's what's down there. And then also high nutritional value. We don't want to do the Red Cross approach and dump a, you know, a cheese sandwich on them. So when COVID happened, it was, it, it was almost a perfect storm for these things to be put in place. Because one of the things that is going on here is that the food supply chain is being destroyed by the fact that all these restaurants are closed and, and convention centers are closed and, and schools are closed and all these large producers of, 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 of the food supply chain. So we came up with a model to empower the food supply chain, buy food from locally sourced farms, hire people to create food boxes, and then distribute them into the communities that, that need them the most. And in, in, and in the Pacific Northwest, for example, that's the Native American community and, and people of color and, and the outlying communities away from the cities. You know, so the Native American community has also been and then ravaged with COVID as well. And, and they were already in distress, you know, so that, that, that their health care access and things like that are, are high in distress. So starting in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be feeding. We have 600,000 meals worth of fresh fish coming down from Alaska. And I don't mean the low stuff. I mean ling cod and sable fish, stuff that wholesale is sold to wholesale before you can put retail at $9 a pound. It was donated to us, and we're fixing to get it into the community. And we're starting in the middle of July, maybe a little sooner. We're, gonna, we're, we're doing both hot meals initially, but we're doing a food box program. So that's going to start right away. And, of course, the Walk for Change is involved. Human Solutions involved. Some of our sponsors are involved. We Do Better Relief is involved, of course. Uh, other great organizations. Uh, it is being it is being uh, spearheaded uh, by the Wave Northwest, uh, and 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 we are all leads in this, and a lot of other people involved. Convention centers are involved because we're going to use the convention center to put the boxes together to employ people that are not working. It is really a marvelous thing that's going on, and it is in response crisis. I mean, right now, I mean, Pizza Hut, and and it's just something commonly known. I got a call today. Pizza Hut went Chapter 11 today. Pizza Hut. Now, that tells you what's going on here, people. You know, businesses can't be closed, even even hot, big corporate ones, for three months nationally, everywhere, and not get impacted by it in some way, shape, or form, even if they're faking it. You know, so it, it, we're going to start seeing a lot more of this. So our, the, this is hopefully, you know, the, the, the empowerment model. Give people the tools that they need to live. That, that and, and it's exciting as hell, and I love it, and, and all that other stuff, and and uh, I'll stop there. I'm going to tell a story about you and I, though. Uh, but go ahead and l- let's talk about this a little bit more before I go down that rabbit hole. Uh, getting getting a little bit uh, transparent, are we? <laughs> well, well, you know, you know. The, the, so you were making some comments earlier, and and you know, I I have I have no problem talking. <laughs> nor do you. Nor 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 do you. Um, you know, and I, I think it's important to for people to understand, even if it's just the kind of people you and I are, and the people that work around us, how we met. And we've told this story before. 
you usually do it. I'm going to do it this time. All right. <laughs> You're up. You know, so, the, so, so Joe talks about court support and what that really means. Now, in the meantime, uh, I, I'm, I'm living in Georgia at the time and, and involved in all kinds of advocacies. And I went to a meeting by who I, the, organiz, the, the chapter of Normal that I think is the best in the country for de- a decade, actually. Peachtree Normal in Georgia. And I go to, a, I go to the monthly meeting. And I meet an attorney there who's talking about the, the, the fact that children are being taken from their homes because of cannabis. And by law, that is not allowed to be the sole reason. Now, I sit on the Family Law Committee of the American Bar Association, by the way, you know, in case anybody wants to know. And, and so I'm interested in the subject matter. So I sit and the gentleman's name is Alfred Chang. And I sit down with him in the meeting and I ask him to interview him and come on to my radio show. And he does, he does the following week, and we go on live, and we have this discussion. And I get in, and I had, he had told me about the Shauna Banda case. So I reached out to the, the attorney who was going to be her attorney when she got criminally charged, Sarah Swain, who was in Kansas. So I get on the phone with Sarah, and, and, and we connect. Uh, you know, we, she's a brilliant attorney. She, she's a monster in, in a courtroom. And I'm, I'm damn good, at, and I know what I'm talking about in the law as well, so we connect that way. So she tells me about these cases. She tells me about the Amber Thurman case, in which, in which I was instrumental in, in getting her child back, uh, which is a nasty case. I wrote a long article about it for, for the Fifth Column News back in 15. You can look it up. So Sarah comes on, and then the following week, we, we have a long, long conversation just about prohibition. And Sarah was very new to the prohibition uh, situation. And she tells me about the Kyler Carriker case. So she's representing Kyler Carriker, who is being charged with felony murder. The, pre- the, the felony murder, it, it, the, way it's, the, the way that charge works in most jurisdictions is that there, there was a death that was done violently with a predicate crime that is alleged to have happened. It can be a burglary, it can be whatever. Well, the predicate crime in this felony murder case was a marijuana transaction that was set up by Kyla Carriker with a person who was selling marijuana. The people who did the murders were always going to rob them. That was the, that was the entire case. This ga- these, these gang ma- ma- members got with Kyler. They asked him to buy some pot. He, they brought him over there, and they always were going to rip them off. So they killed. They shot three people. They killed one, I believe, is, if my memory serves. So... Yes. I don't know. Joe can tell you how he got involved in the case. I got involved in the case both as a writer and as as somebody who Sarah was bouncing off legal legal scenarios and giving me the updates on her motion and on the examinations. We were going through the examination of each witness, and and, and basically she was running by her day with me, and and, and I was giving her my, my input on what I thought about, what was going on, what was not going on. We were kind of brainstorming. And, and then she would go back in the court the next day. In the meantime, Joe comes to Kansas. Now, he's in California. He comes to Kansas, gets together with the local chapters of Kansas and other people, and they do this concerted effort of court support. Now, mind you, he doesn't even know Kyler character yet. He, this is strictly about ending prohibition and making a point. And they go in there with one of the more organized activist uh, uh logistical things that I've ever seen. And I've been doing activism for decades that I've ever seen. And, and, and that's how him and I met. I was told about him. We connected. I, was, I wrote about what was going on. I wrote about the trial. In the meantime, I'm talking to the defense. 
and there's a lot of reasons why this, but no more than the ability of Sarah Swain and the fact that it was prohibition. And as Joe has mentioned previously, it was a jury nullification thing, and they just he, they came back in six hours with a not guilty on the, a not guilty on the felony murder, and it was a perfect storm. He would have a, it, it, these, these people were behaving in a certain way. Tyler had a full courtroom, and they were doing the, and they had activism outside. We had the videos coming in of the education that they were doing with people outside. No one got in any trouble. The the basically it was so it was done so well that the police didn't bother anybody over over then just a little bit and and this is how him and i met so this if anybody a ever long effort too it didn't just happen for one day this was no no this, this was a trial this was the length of the trial plus the organizing before it i mean this was this was this was done beautifully and, and the reason i wanted to tell the story again is because if there is a question what things are successful how much effort is put into it what the agenda is, because of course, you know, Joe made, uh, I, I, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was, it, it wasn't single zeros, it was double zeros worth of money on this one. Uh, you know, so, so the, the human solution, yes, yes. So the human solution went out there, led by Joe and his team and everybody else that was involved. We, we, I, you know, we're not cutting. So if anybody tries to say, there are use cases here, people. I mean, I don't even need, I mean, I, I can't even begin to get, tell you how many use cases are available, but that's how him and I met. That's our use case from the beginning. Now, we've done a lot of things since then, and I don't need to go down that hole, and we didn't even meet physically for two years. And, and, and the entire time we worked together, and if it wasn't for me going down the disaster relief rabbit hole, we would be doing a lot of other things more as well. But I went and disappeared, went to Puerto Rico. So <laughs> But I had to tell that story because, of course, there's a question in the air, or if you have any doubts, there are, there is, there's just that use case. You know, you can look it up. You can look at the articles I wrote. You can look at the articles other people wrote. You can, you can call Kyle character and ask him. There's a thought. Imagine that. <laughs> you know. So, it, it, and, 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 and mind you, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned Facebook once. I am mentioning it now. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So. You know, and, and and we are an inclusive type of people. I mean, I created an organization called We Do Better. We Do Better is, a, is, is all about inclusion. The, the, I sit on the board of other nonprofits. Every single one of them is all about inclusion. I've created other nonprofits. They're all about inclusion. We've been doing this a long time, people. You know, hey, we're not perfect, <laughs> at least not today, because where I am. But anyway, <laughs> um, when people want to question things, you know, maybe, maybe maybe what should happen is maybe it should be reversed and say, well, what have you done for me lately? Because I'll tell you what, Joe Grumbine has done a lot for you lately, and that's the key here. And 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 what we do more than anything is we stay the course. I think this is the most I've addressed an issue without actually addressing an issue in my life <laughs> publicly. It just it's just not worth it. We stay the course and we get the work done, and I don't give a shit about the rest of it. I really don't. It's all about the empowerment of people, and it's all about trying to change the world. And by the way, drink coffee and change the world. Go see it on the website. I'll leave with that. Well, and and I appreciate that. That was actually an accurate portrayal of a real event. Um, and the, But to clarify, the reason that I got involved was because we were already helping Shauna Banda's case and Kyler's mom was the one who introduced me to Shauna. 
So as a result of one case, they became aware of the efforts that we do, and, and that's where that all came together. So anyways, the, the point of all of this is that we've got a lot of work to do. We're doing a lot of work. We're working. We meet four to five days a week on efforts that we're making, and the efforts are, 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 are varied, as you can see. So we've got court support. We've got uh, Walk for Change efforts. I'm going to bring up next um, Mike Webb. Mike Webb is running for office. He's also chapter coordinator of our Kansas chapter. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about, um, you know, in, in, in campaigns, uh, there's all the mudslinging and the yapping and the, this guy's an asshole and this guy did that and this guy did that. When the last time a campaign actually was based on, on, on merit? You know, when was the last time a, a, an elected official got up there on that stump and said, you know what, here's why you're going to vote for me, because here's what I've done. Here's what I've done. I proposed this legislation. I made your life better, and here's how. When was the last time that happened? That wasn't just a bunch of crap. Well, guess what? It doesn't. You know where all the good stuff happens? It happens behind the doors, and it happens in real time. And Mike's out there doing this. He's actually campaigning for Kansas state legislation, and um, again, at the same time, he's helping out a number of other cases. Him and Sarah are just uh, inspiration to me. These guys are out there. They do what they say. They've got integrity. They've never lied to me. They've never asked me for crap. All they do is say, what can we do, and how can we get involved, and how can we do more, and that's what we need more of. So, Mike, um, you're running for office. What can we do to help? What's going on? Mike Webb. Uh-oh. We Working on Mike. Yeah. Ah, here hey, we go. Hey, Joe. What's up? <laughs> I just got out of a convention of states meeting, uh, a, a little big get-together, and I just walked outside, basically, so it was perfect timing. Perfect timing. I told you I'd wait till the end. <laughs> We're even going a little longer. Right, away. awesome. Did Cassie get to talk? Yep, yep. She uh, she told us she's taken it to the box, and uh, we talked all about, uh, you know, right now is the ultimate time. If you're going to take a case to the box, how are they going to make a jury trial happen right now? How are they going to do that? I don't know. I don't think they're going to. So, well, you know, perfect you know, Joe, opportunity I to fight. Yeah, I 100% I agree. I'm telling everybody the same thing. But, you know, I was just in here with this meeting, and it's an all-Republican meeting. It's Convention of States. And, uh, you know, I, you know, because I'm running for office, you know, and everybody went around the room. They're talking, and I told them. I said, like, I appreciate you guys have a 20-year plan, but we need to have a six-month plan. We need to have a plan to move now. And I told them part of the reasons – One of the, I came out and told them, you need to get people out of jail for marijuana, and you need to do it right now because it's wrong. Uh, the only reason they didn't pass any type of law here in Kansas was because of COVID-19. That's no excuse to treat people like criminals. And I even talked to them about Cassie's case without telling her them her name. Awesome. Awesome. And people and responded, and they responded well because they understand that's what needs to happen. And a matter of fact, I got some cards in my pocket from some people who want to get involved. Excellent. And And you know what? For people that are listening, okay, this is happening in real life. In the real world, in real conversations, not on Facebook Live, where whatever, everybody can do whatever and say whatever, no rules. This is actually a real interaction with people that are going to affect the outcome of the Kansas state legislation. So, my God, what a, 
what a what a relief to hear that people are actually doing real stuff. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I'm going to be pushing pretty hard out here. Even just like I've been able to tell anybody, July 24th when I talk at the Packet Durham Club, this is a real chance that even if I don't get elected, you guys take my words and let's get something done. You know, these are injustices. And we can solve them, and we can fix these problems, but we got to address them. And it would help with law enforcement. Nobody likes what law enforcement's doing. Let's, get, let's stop telling them to do that then. Exactly. You know, we, we, we read, or I read, the, the, the first few paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence, and uh, in that it spelled out pretty clearly a case for making change. And, and, and if you were to look at that, you'll identify that, gee, it's kind of similar to what we got going on now. And the direction was very simple, to change it or, or flip it over and start over again. And that's, that's what needs to happen. We need to change it or flip it over and start all over again, and this is the time. So, Mike, um, on the 24th, I mean, if, if I understand that some states are quarantining again. So, you know, just as they just started to open up, I started traveling a little bit again. I, I, I hope they don't start shutting things down, but I might be able to join you out there. We'll see what, what we can do. Yeah, that'd be great. We might have you out here sooner for some bigger stuff anyway. So. <laughs> well, I still got credit for that ticket that I had to cancel from three months ago. So I, I've, I've got, I've got, I've, I've got a ticket already there. So, anyways, all right. Well, right. I appreciate all the work you're doing. I'm looking forward to getting involved in your campaign a little bit. And uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't realize, we also have a 501c4, the Human Solution Foundation. And it's just getting started, and obviously COVID came in and kind of caused some grief. But if you want to get involved right now, you can connect with the Walk for Change, or you can connect with the National Walk Number Four Change US or thsintl.org. And um, you know, for those of you that want to move along in the political side of things, um, it's a totally separate organization, and it's got the same. Focus, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, constitutional rule of law. Um, let's stand up for what's right. That's, that's what we do. So appreciate everything. How Praise Jesus and pass the ammunition. How, how does somebody reach you if they want to get involved? Uh, they can just uh, thsintl.org, or you can look us up on Facebook, the Human Solution International, Kansas chapter. Uh, if you want to help with the campaign, it's my just got cut off. Go back and see the campaign part again. Yeah. It's uh, MikeWebForKansas.com if you want to be involved with the campaign or just like my page on Facebook just to help me get popular. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? That's, that's, that's all reach. That's influence. That's, that's the nature of true influence is who you're reaching and, and, and who you're talking to. So um, yep. it, 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 it can, that's where Facebook can be value. You can actually share a message, and it can get out there for people to see, and it's a way that people can actually engage something. So this is a, a worthy Facebook effort. All right, well, appreciate everything. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again. And, uh, you know, it's good to have people that have your back. And we've got yours, and I know you got mine. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Love you guys. All right, love you back. All right, let's see. We're getting – we're already 20 minutes um, over time, but I got a few more things I want to talk about. And uh, we had a guy, Ed the Anti-Fed, but I don't know. He left. If Ed the Anti-Fed is listening still, come back. I never cut anybody off. I give everybody a chance to talk. You don't have to like me. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to anything. You can come on. You can come on personally to assassinate my character. I welcome it. 
because we'll have to talk about some truth. Hey, no problem. I welcome it. Um, but if you can't wait, sometimes we got other things we're talking about, and we will always go along if we have to. All right. The Walk for Change, we've put the date off. Obviously, we got uh, more moratoriums coming up. We were going to leave September 20th. It looks like we're pushing it into February. Um, hopefully, we'll have some stuff played itself out by then. The Walk for Change is something that um, is an effort of so many people. Next week, I'll read off all of the sponsors. It, it's, a, it's a whole page and a half of people that have participated in this. And regardless of whatever's being said, this is a a day-to-day effort. Three days a week, we get together and we meet and we work and we strategize. Um, And and we've got people that are engaged and we're writing and we're preparing. We've got another town hall meeting coming up on on, uh, uh, July, oh, that's July 25th. Okay. Well, we'll see what's going on. Anyways, um, there's a lot going on and a lot of people involved. We need some specific help right now, okay? We're laying out the logistics of this. So we got a little bit of a reprieve. We got a little bit more time. But we need people that call the locations that we're going to be walking through to find support, to find places to store food, places to stay, places that are friendly that can come in and give us a cold glass of lemonade, places to use a restroom, a, a shower, whatever, um, and and exchange of sponsorship. We want to give them the the, the support of, of participating in this event, okay? Imagine, imagine what this can be. When we talk about sponsorship, you know, the Human Solution is not a fundraising organization. We never have been. We're not good at that, and we're really not good at it here. But the point is, the Walk for Change is going to happen if we didn't raise another dime. It's going to happen on the backs of those of us that care. That's not the point, but what if? What if we got enough sponsorship, enough help, enough leg up to make this thing big? What if we were able to put a billboard up along in front of us as we're going? What if we were able to really get this thing to light up and be what it could be? What couldn't we change? You tell me what we can't do. Nobody's done it yet. Nobody's done it yet. And every day, every day, I reach out and we connect with one more person. I just made a partnership today that um, is going to get involved. Okay, and this is a new company, and um, it's, it, they're going to be involved in helping out a new sponsor. Um, at the end of the day, we all need to be engaged in something. You know, you're dealing with the trauma of COVID, the fear, the, 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 the trauma of, of, of all the things people are protesting against, the, the hardship and the headache of, of prohibition. Um, the, 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 the fear and, and uh, oppression of law enforcement doing some of the stuff they're doing and, and, of course, the war on drugs and all of that. Imagine some of the people that are still in prison, you know. Craig Cecil just got out, but there's still a lot of people still in there. We're not done. Michael Thompson is just maybe two clicks away from coming out, but he's not out yet. And we got to keep pushing. we got to keep pushing. You know, there's criminal justice reform. We've got this reentry program we're working on. All of these things need help. We need actual people. I don't need a like. I'm not asking for a like, so I don't care if you like it or not. I just want help. I need you to come in and get engaged. So get on the website, walknumber4change.us. Sign up as a volunteer. 
we'll give you a hookup to the links that, that we're meeting on. We're literally meeting three, four days a week working on these projects to bring them to life. One of the things that we're doing is creating a media coalition. So we're now connected with, I think, close to a dozen different uh, independent journalists, podcasts, broadcasts, all kinds of media outlets that have come together in harmony and support to share these uh, values and these in these efforts and to, to, to make these changes. And if you are connected to a media outlet, a podcast, and want to get involved and want to Want to want to help us to organize this? We're going to be uh, creating content that we all can broadcast and podcast. We're going to be uh, sharing each other's shows. Um, we've got a number of of great content, a great programming that um, would love to you know get you guys engaged with. And if if you're a podcaster, independent broadcast uh, journalist in any way, shape, or form, or a writer, um, this is an opportunity to work with like-minded individuals, uh, people that care about more than, you know, their own popularity or whatever it is, we're trying to change the world together. And we know that we're, we're not trying, we're doing it. It's changing. It's changing right before our very eyes. And the difference is, how is it going to change? Is it going to change the way we want it to, or is it going to change another way? Again, that's up to us. The next thing is, uh, we had an issue with the media company that we were that, that we had sponsored, and um, um, we're not getting all the stuff that we thought we were going to get. We have some content that we can use, but we need to generate a deck for sponsorship, for financial sponsorship, and for volunteer sponsorship. And we've got some some content to work with, but we are this close to having something that we can bring to businesses, to uh, entertainers, to athletes, to anybody who might be able to further this effort. Um, so if you are involved in media, we need your help. Um, Walk4change.us, just sign up as a volunteer. Reach out to us. Tell us what you can do. We're here to help. It's a funny thing. You know, this is a, a, an advocacy show. But I've always made it kind of personal because it is personal. And I've shared with you my own personal life in a lot of ways and my own journey. Um, when I was going through my case, I shared that. All the joys, the, the, the sorrows, all of the good stuff and, and the bad stuff. When things are, are, are rough, we talk about it. We get through it. We work through it together. And, um, you know, we're all human. We all have issues. We all have shortcomings, and, uh, you know, certainly I've got plenty. And I'm working on what I know how to work on. And so in, in, in my own personal work, um, I decided <laughs> a, a week ago or so that I'm going to remove from my life all those things that are not working. And I identified a bunch of them, and a bunch of them I didn't identify, but as soon as I laid that into motion, oh, my God, a bunch of stuff just went boom, Blew up, fell apart, disappeared, snipped off. Um, but the reason I did that was to make room for those things that are working. And out of it, already, some of these efforts we've just talked about have come forth. Um, got some new partnerships. I'm going to be meeting with an activist attorney in the next couple of days that has 
possibly uh, going to be able to help our efforts uh, with our legal. And um, this new partnership I just talked about um, as a business partnership, but I, I specifically talked about uh, a social equity program before I agreed to, uh, to, to engage with this company. And um, uh, they understand that, that this company is going to begin to contribute and show a sponsorship to these efforts, including the Human Solution and the Walk for Change. And so sometimes uh, when we clear things out, um, it just makes room for the things that needed to be there all along. So um, we're now a half an hour overtime, and uh, I'm going to give old Tom Corby uh, the last word, or actually we'll give Willie Nelson the last word, but I'll give Tom Corby the second to last word, and uh, hopefully we'll get Tom Corby in the NorCal chapter to put together a letter-writing campaign on behalf of Glenn and Peggy, and we'll be able to light that chapter up a little bit better. Tom, Corby, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? <laughs> Thank you, Joe. And uh, Candace, Becca, Lisa. Talk up loud, Tom. You can barely hear you. Put that phone right up to your mouth. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Just, just talk good and loud, loud and clear. Well, yeah, I'm down here in the man cave down the hole, so I'm trying to talk right into the phone. Is that better? Yep. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so when we talk for Walk for Change, of course, it's to be veto bad laws, to deschedule cannabis, no schedule, the Controlled Substance Act, 96 was illegal in the first place. Most of us know that. If there's no victim, how can there be a crime? No one should go to jail for our sacred plan. I've been using this plan for 53 years. I quit cigarettes 50 years ago. One of my better life-changing decisions. Uh, so we're looking forward to walk for change up here in Horaville when they're coming. We've got a crew getting ready to walk. I've got a letter uh, going for the Kimmels, leaving Kimmels. Now, it's been really busy, you know, with the garden and everything, and it's been extremely hot up here. So I've got a letter going, and believe me, folks, uh, when you request uh, uh, lenience in sentencing, uh, it goes a long ways with the judge that so many people uh, care for these folks. And uh, so I'm on the letter now, and these letters are very important, folks. Also, uh, request for clemency, like with... Uh, <coughs> uh, Craig Cecil, I had a call. Uh, it's Craig Cecil. I got in late today. Is he, is he on the phone? No, we were having some technical issues. I think he probably tried to log in, but he wasn't able to. I didn't. I haven't. I haven't talked to him today. But he said he was going to try to make the show. But um, again, I don't know. He may have tried and, and wasn't able to. Oh, I see. Well, I, I have a, a free Craig Cecil shirt here that, that I'd actually, if they wanted, 
Uh, I could send it to them if they want. I'll get it on. I'll get online with uh, Lauren and uh, offer that. So uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. Although I'm generally not a man of brevity, uh, as Joe is, why is that? Because we have a lot to say, and I really feel confident that we're very getting very close to finally any prohibition freeing all our POWs and. As my wife Donna always says, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. Awesome, Tom. Good job today. I appreciate everything. And uh, let's get those letters in. Uh, I want to thank everybody that helped make this show awesome as always. And I absolutely um, really want to thank Becca. Um, Becca's been going through all kinds of uh, health issues and life dramas. And, um, you know, one of these people that just has your back. And uh, I want to thank everybody that has my back and know that I have yours as well. And when things really get rough, that's when you learn about everybody. So, you know, remember, you got a good wolf and a bad wolf, one on each shoulder, and the only one that gets big is the one you feed. So where are you putting your time? Where are you putting your energy? What are you doing? What are you doing? If you don't know what you're doing, maybe – Come and talk to us. We've got a lot of good things that need some help. Walk number four, change.us, T-H-S-I-N-T-L. And, um... Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my 